Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. My busy mumsies, I hope you all are doing fantastic. My goodness, where has the summer gone? I hope that you are just wringing out every last droplet of fun in the sun. And if you are going on a trip anytime soon before the kids go back to school, oh, relish in it, live in it and enjoy it. Ricky and I actually were just away for a very quick trip to New York City. And let me tell you, it was so much fun. It was such a wonderful walk down memory lane. We got to see Kevin Hart and Chris Rock perform and like freaking David Chappelle walks out on stage and it was like, blow your mind. Epic. We had a blast. But with that said, with that said, I'm all about, you know, the fun in moderation. I'm really excited about this next guest. A true pioneer, Camilla Vidal, also known as Mindfully Cami, is on a mission to inspire the world to bring mindfulness into the glass, showing that tasty doesn't have to be boozy. For her, it's all about celebrating that epic night and early morning for a hangover-free life. I'm telling you, I needed Cami in my life a few weeks ago, but I actually have no regret because, again, Ricky and I had a freaking blast. Cami is a leading voice in the mindful drinking movement, author of two cocktail books, keynote speaker, creative consultant, mindfulness teacher, and holistic coach. She empowers people to find their balance in and out of the glass. Cami recently welcomed twins. I mean, she's got so much already on her plate. This girl went and delivered twins beautiful boys. I just cannot wait to dive into this conversation with her and hear how she is doing, how she is juggling it all. And being a female entrepreneur, I mean, the biggest of high fives and the biggest support. So let's get into this conversation. Cami Vidal, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure, pleasure is all mine. Um, I will have to confess and say, you've been on my list and I've been waiting for you to pop out these gorgeous <laughs> boys for quite some time. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I, I did I, carry them quite a long time. For twins, you, you 38 did. weeks, I, I felt it in my body. You, for sure. <laughs> you, you carried them beautifully, so strongly, passionately, which makes me want to just start with, you know, when you find out that you're pregnant, it's, 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 it's bananas, right? It's like, there, there is, it's, it's a bit frightening. It's no small feat. Now, when you find out that you are pregnant and carrying not one, but two, I mean, what was going in your head, Cammie? Tell me everything. 
to be fair, I was really, really excited. It was it was such a sweet moment when we found out. Um, Michael, my partner, is from LA, and he was just flying back from Los Angeles, where he'd been to visit his family and hadn't been for like two years because of the pandemic. And so we had an appointment to have a scan. And I think he just messed up his like flight, like timing with me. He was like, I'm going to land early afternoon when he was like landing late in the afternoon or something like that. So he had to rush from the airport straight to the hospital for the scan. And I remember standing and he was late and I was messaging him be like, we're about to start. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. And I'm so glad that I did wait for him because finding out that we were having twins by myself would have been a bit of a big news to handle and on. But um, he finally arrived and we started the scan and the doctor, the sonographer went, oh, wow. And I was a bit, you know, that was my first time being pregnant. And so I was a bit nervous. And all I wanted to to know is the, the heartbeat was okay. And so I was like, what's happening? Is everything fine? And he was like, um, wow, that's incredible. And I was like, okay, cool. What's happening? You know, I was like, is there a heartbeat? And he went, well, there are two. And I don't know if you remember this episode of Friends when Phoebe goes, yeah, duh me and the baby and so in my head I was like well of course there's two heartbeats my heartbeat and the baby <laughs> like what oh. is this doctor about and he looked at me realizing that I was not getting it and he went no no they there are two babies you, you're having twins and we were just like imagine Michael was like jet lag 13 hour flight we were just hit, like delirious we we're just laughing out of like disbelief been like is this is this a joke or is this really happening and it was just such an exciting moment and we were so happy we we really wanted to start a family and it felt just like crazy but also so special people really often ask me if Michael passed out no he didn't <laughs> when well, we no, found I, out I say, for, for context <laughs> of Michael Michael James Wong is the like he is the just breath app guy like he is this is his wheelhouse Cow. Did he, uh, he was, like, did he like turn to you and be like, Cammy, just breathe? <laughs> no, he was just like, well, this is happening. This is happening. You know, he was, that's the beauty of it. Like um, Michael's energy and the balance in our relationship. He's very grounded. He's like, you know, solid. And so in any moments when there's like big news or big things happening, he's usually like pretty, pretty solid. And he was like, all right, we're having two babies. And I think I was really, really excited. I was over the moon, I felt like it was so special and so magical. And I like, as my sister reminded me, she was like, you always say that like twins will be amazing and ideal for you, um, even when I was younger. Um, but then I think maybe in the evening or like the day after when I woke up, it was more of a woo, a little bit of a, how is my body going to handle this? Is my body strong enough to be able to, to carry and grow two babies? And I had sort of like 24 hours when, and I think it's because I was recovering from, um, I had COVID and long COVID and I had an autoimmune condition that was triggered by, um, that was triggered by COVID. And so it was a bit like, I think because I've had been, here we go. I had oh, been. Um, Who is joining us right is, now? This is Felix. You oh, wanted to join the story. Um, and so as I was, you know, on the back of like a solid 18 months of not feeling myself and not feeling like really um, 
at 100% of like my my well-being. I had a little bit of a, would my body be able to cope with it? Would I be able to do it? And then I just breathed through it. I sat down, meditated, um, and kind of processed it all and remember, and just trusted the process. Remember, like reminded myself that my body was, was you know, knew what to do, even though my mind was freaking out a little, that I just needed to let the process happen. Well, you uh, just and it was calming calming sense to you. I mean, I, I, I have to tell you that if I were given that news and my <laughs> husband, Ricky, was given that news, both of us would be like bubbling, boiling over bananas and in just panic mode. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I am a firm believer that the man upstairs, you know, blesses when it comes to twins and quadruplets and, and all of that. They bless the right people who have kind of like, a bit more grounded and breath work, if you will, <laughs> into them. Because I, I honestly, I, 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 you know, I, I was so elated when I found out I was pregnant. But I, a, a part of me was like, oh gosh, is it twins? Oh no, oh no, oh no, because mm. I don't know if I could. You know, and then, I think you also you also don't know. You know, I think, and it's a good thing. Like now, now I feel like that I'm. Um, looking back at when we found out and I had no idea, you know, or even at things of like, think, I don't know, things that I planned or when I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to take two months off and then I will come back to running my business full time because, you know, it's my business. And now I'm like, oh wow, you know, having, you know, twin boys that are four months and running a business, this is really, really challenging. And so I think that there's also things that you don't realize that you don't know and that you don't need to know. You don't need the full picture of how everything is going to happen before it happened. And I had such an incredible pregnancy. I had loads of energy. I really, I was really determined to birth my babies in the way that I wanted, which was naturally in terms of like vaginally. And I worked so hard towards that. So it was like, you know, meditating every day, doing breath work, doing yoga as much as I could, or at least movement every day. I was so conscious of being aware of what was happening in my body. And I had the most amazing pregnancy for that. And I was, you know, I felt really positive and I felt really grateful that I was able to run my business and do everything while carrying my two baby boys you know I feel like it was yes. I had them with me all the time and that was so what, special what what were like the, those key things um that you that definitely got you through carrying two children because for someone who is expecting right now they find mm. out they are expecting twins or they, they're just expecting what yeah. what were the key things that that you would share like you you must try because it helped you so much that you just want yeah. you know the listener to know like what is like what were the three things that really got you through um I mean so many but I will say that the listening to your body like I, I feel like that for me it's always about educating myself and so I've read so much about um you know, how to support myself through a pregnancy. I, we had a doula. We actually had two doulas, which we were very, very fortunate because they decided to do a, a share care. And so I, I had two doulas, one that was more the support on um, 
like the pregnancy, the hospital, how things will work and really boosting my uh, my confidence on how I could, you know, grow those two babies and birth those two babies. And the other one was more like doing a lot of body work. She will come to my house like every other week to, to do massage. And like, so I really surrounded myself with a lot of support. Um, I did like a lot of like hypnobirthing. I actually did two hypnobirthing courses. I read loads of books. I listened to so many podcasts. I reached out to a lot of people. And um, I think for me, that's really important to get the knowledge, but then take whatever resonates with you. Don't try to apply it all and just connect with your body. Like every morning I will wake up and do a gentle body scan to see how I was feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, like all of it to be able to gather the information to then be like, okay, well, I'm feeling a bit tired today. I'm just going to, I'm going to go slow and easy, or actually I have a lot of energy. So maybe this morning I'm going to work and I'm going to, you know, take the opportunity to do this. You're agreeing? And um, and I think for me, like really connecting with my body and um, celebrating how I was feeling and the days where I wasn't feeling at my best, just being kind to myself and accepting that I was growing two humans and, and sometimes the focus needed to just be on that and on slowing down. But I feel like that having the knowledge and, and especially because, I mean, carrying twins the, the language and the, the support from the hospital that, you know, they, they care and they just want the babies to, to, be, to be born in the best way as possible. But it's pretty strong, the language. And they quite, you know, they, they, I, instantly I was at risk. Instantly I was like a red flag, you know, because I was carrying two babies. And I, a lot of like, I feel like they were really, a lot of my freedom, a lot of my, it wasn't a really empowering journey, let's put it that way. And so for me to, to surround myself with people, with knowledge, with, you know, people that will help me to step into my power, that will help me to really feel confident and remembering that the body knows. And even when your mind gets in the way and when you feel a bit cloudy and you, you self-doubt or you, you feel like that, that like scarcity quite of like language that happened often in hospital or even like, you know, people that will say to me, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it all? Oh, my God, twins, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> I had people saying that to me, you know, or like really projecting on me. Then I could just come back to my body, come back to like knowing that like my body like knew what, what to do. And I just needed to, to go along with it. So, you know, I do wish that there is a handbook for that you could pass out when you're pregnant to people of how to actually communicate to someone who is expecting like i know right because there are a lot of don'ts that people just <laughs> sashay over as if it's comedy for them and you're just kind of like left there in a hormonal oh, like yeah. holy batman like you're in so much and then you couple it with yeah. two children growing inside your belly you're just like a walking machine of emotions right so it's mm -hmm. like I, I do think that through like my journey and a lot of women and, and even men that, you know, the, the dadsies, if you will, that have experienced also sitting next to their partner, watching them kind of get, you know, things. You're just like, people need to get a little stronger in their etiquette. Right, Felix? You laugh. I think he's, he's agreeing. You, yeah, right? That's yeah, right. That's Felix true. started like women empowerment. <laughs> I am so with you, mama. So the, which what I, I, I want to then dive straight on into your business. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a very bad um, American accent. Is it? Let me, 
La Maison, La Maison, like am I just screwing La, that up? You, no, you got it. La Maison Wellness, you got it La Maison Wellness, look at me go. Um, <laughs> business that is all about mindfulness and making sure that you know how to drink, not just responsibly, but in a way that is with zero alcohol or with little alcohol, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. so, so with that say, you, you have a business, you're expecting yep. two children. How was it for you? And be, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't even have to say this, but just be as <laughs> honest as possible because I, I will start and get up on my soapbox. How was it for you navigating that you are expecting twins and now you, and, and you have a business that is thriving, thriving all mm -hmm. across the great UK. And you've got people that you're working with. You've, and and I, I, I read a little bit about this on Instagram. I just want to hear more. You have contracts that are now being pulled because you're expecting. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That is so wrong. Please tell me what it was like for you as a working mother, a, a, a yeah. working expecting mother. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think I was really um, fortunate and blessed to be packed with very positive pregnancy hormone. I was in my own little bubble, you know, happy, and so I, I was just very, very happy. And so I think that things were like lending pretty well when I, when I was pregnant, like from, as you mentioned, like comments from people that, you know, were like, oh my, like projecting as, you know, human being do when you share the news or anything with a with another human being usually the response has nothing to do with you but more of like their projection on you and so I had like really weird comments and things that I was kind of like you know let it brush over and uh, and it was fine that was that was the, the side that was okay on the business side it was I was very, again, fortunate to have a lot, like my first trimester was really challenging. I was really, really sick. Um, I think, again, packed with, uh, with hormone, but, uh, but trying to find the balance and really nauseous and had headaches and things. But when I kind of like went over that, I had so much energy and I really felt like that I was, I was excited. And I think there was also a little bit of a, okay, things are going to be different after I want to make sure that like I do as much as I can right now. I have my energy. I love my business. I want to make sure that like I do all the things that I wanted to do. I mean, I was, I don't know, I was 36, 37 weeks, huge. I was so big. I could, I was like doing public speaking and hosting masterclasses that I couldn't really breathe because my babies were taking all this space and my diaphragm wasn't really able to function anymore. And so today we're going to be talking about mindful drinking. Like I was literally like that towards the end, like standing up for three hours teaching how to make mindful cocktails, but I loved it, you know, and making joke about it. if I had to go, it's just because I might have to, you know, give birth to my babies. They're on the way, but don't worry. We'll finish the cocktail first. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty great to be honest. Like I got to go on national TV on Sunday brunch to talk about mindful drinking. And so that was the side that like, I felt really empowered. I felt like I was, you know, running my business, growing my babies, felt really, it felt really special to be able to do all the things that I love while knowing that they were with me, that we were already creating this beautiful bond together. The, the challenge that I was facing was 
a lot of people questioning, like, you know, in, like I was expecting a, oh my God, congratulations. This is amazing. I'm really, really happy for you. You seems really happy. So I'm happy for you. And it was a lot of a, but so are you going to stop working? So are you going to, are you going to close Amazon Wellness? Oh, you're going to stop your business. How are you going to do, oh, you're going to keep your business. How are you going to do it all? And it was a lot of like questions that Michael, for example, never got. No one ever questioned his ability to do it all. He's, you know, the like questioning how he will find the balance after birth. And, and that I've, I've found that really, really infuriating. Like it's just really for me highlighted the how as a society like which like i mean there's i have a lot of question on how we work as a society and raise children well the american will immediately say it's ass backwards it just is i'm I'm very sorry sorry felix that you just heard that but it just is (laughs) it's as soon as a woman is expecting they are just expected to stop i know and it was and you know i will reach out to some of my uh, of my clients and be like oh um it will be great to have a meeting and chat i've got some like opportunities in the pipeline that i would love to discuss with you or do you have anything that you want to collaborate on and i got so many emails being like oh yeah well maybe maybe we'll connect when you when you're fully back at work and i was like i'm five months pregnant six months pregnant i'm i'm fully i'm, I'm fully working right now i'm pretty I'm good, good you know <laughs> like you have more so, energy like let's talk yeah. about that I you are so, so much energy and I was so excited about so many projects I was doing. And when that was the response of people be like, yeah, maybe we can see, or, oh, well, I guess you won't be working for a while. Or people be like, so are you going to take a year off? And, I, and in my head, I was like, in, on which planet will I take a year off? So first of all, I don't really want to because I love what I do and I love my business. But also financially, as a, you know, as someone who run her business and a self-employed person, I, I can't, I can't. I don't have the support to be able to do that. And so it was just a lot of like people. And again, I feel like it was a lot of people projecting. It was a lot of, uh, I feel like men not really understanding or not knowing, but also a lot of women's fear. I will be sitting in meetings and women will be like, you know, women without children be like, oh, but I guess you're not going to be able to do that after. Or really projecting out what I felt like was more their stories than mine. Um, And that was just really, really challenging. And And then I had, yeah, a few pretty, like, horrific clients that really including one that I mean there was it was pretty atrocious like the I as I announced that I was pregnant I got an email saying we saw the news and we're not really happy about it I was like excuse me what I I, I just Uh, listener my jaw is on the floor right now so (laughs) I'm sorry you should have called me the American and me would have gotten on the phone I would have been like middle fingers and like screaming and yelling. I, not, I, I would have gone very New York on them for you. To be fair, it's the first time that I was like, I'm that close to actually be very vocal about it. And then I just decided that that wasn't the energy that I wanted to, to carry. And I didn't want to go through that. And I, and I, and I say what I, what needed to be, to be said, I decided to stop the contract because I was like, I'm not working with you. Um, it was just really, really, really upsetting because. You know what? And it's like, what can we do moving forward for for the mm. next person, for the next gal, for, you know, 
um, that is going to experience this? Like, what yeah. can we do to like advocate for women who want to work and want to sustain success and yeah. sustain who they are? You not only are you an mm. entrepreneur, you're now growing a baby, and that's amazing and wonderful. But the words of "you can do it all" just doesn't mean for the guy, for the man, for the, the, the partner, yeah. it means for you too. And it's, I, I honestly just wish in, in anyone listening or Cammy, if you, if you've got the, the, the power now, what is it? What can we do? Because, you know, I, I myself and also an entrepreneur and I had to find London, um, the bricks and mortar. I had a physical space on great Portland street. I and remember. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, and the overhead was bananas. And sadly, I did have to hand my keys in. Um, thank you, COVID not. But, um, you know, we, we went through a massive struggle. I, I had Adia. And then three weeks later, we're virtual. And I'm literally holding a plank. And in my brain going, this is so oh, wrong. Gosh. I, have to, I have to, like, save my business. Yeah. And it's just like, we women are we, we are ferocious creatures, man. Mm. We are so ferocious and so powerful. And why is it that we're in 2022 and people still have the audacity to say, "Well, maybe you should take it easy." Well, now I know that you're pregnant. You can't. Yeah. What do you mean? You can't tell me what I can and can't do. It like, was quite. Um, it was. I mean, funny is not the right term. I was. I took an a taxi to go to one of my hospital appointment and I was probably it was probably two months after I gave birth and um I was going to see a physio because I had quite a lot of um postpartum recovery to do after carrying twins and I was in the car and I was on the on few different phone calls planning balance festival which I had two it was two months after yeah, I was yeah, gonna say two months, two months like, after I gave birth. And so I was running the bar, like created all the recipes. We served 3,000 cocktails in, in three days. It was wow. busy. And so I, w I was in the taxi talking to the different brand sponsor that I had, organizing everything, like calling the staff that we that will be working at um the team that will be working on the bar, etc. <laughs> and then the the driver was like, but I hang up and he was like, But did you not say that you were going to the hospital? for um your checkup um like after delivery to like go and see a physio and I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just gave birth I have twin boys I just gave birth two months ago and he was like whoa why are you working take it easy girl and I was like hey this is so patronizing yeah. <laughs> I don't know you you know but in my head I was like also you don't know the story you know you you like you don't know that like, A, I want to work. You don't know that I need to work. You don't know that I already had that engagement and that work plan. Like, don't just like project what you think. Like, this is, again, I feel like that that was, that was that has nothing to do with me, you know? And I think that it, what I find really challenging is I don't think that the way that we live in society and how we work is allowing us to really be able to raise our children in the way that we can 
keep working and exist. Like I think that like we have lost completely that sense of community and that support. And, you know, my, Michael is from LA. I'm from France, but I have a really small family. We have no family support. We're very, very fortunate that Michael's mom flew over and stayed with us for a little while when the babies were born to help with food and laundry and um working out our dog and things like that. But, you know, that was a short amount of time that we were so grateful for. And then his sister came over for a couple of weeks to help. But that was also amazing. But we had, yeah, that was fun when until yeah. you came, right? That was really fun. Um, but that was, that was it. Like, we don't have support, you know. We, it's just us and we live in North London and we don't have a support system. And, and it's really, really hard to do it that way. You know, we live in a country where like nursery is not affordable. And also the four months, do I want to put them in nursery for the, for the whole day? No, I don't, you know, I want to cherish this like precious moment, but at the same time, I still want to work because a, I love what I do and I love my business and I love the purpose of my business, but also because financially I don't have another option. And so I think that it's, there's, it's more than just like people like perception and comments and like it, there's, there's so much that needs to be changed on a structural level in order for us to be able to not try to just survive, but actually thrive because we shouldn't, be feeling like we're drowning when we're having children we should be feeling like we're blossoming we you know we're expanding and and but at you're the moment so much I, stronger right you're you're you like are. another level you're another level because you you have two children that are looking at you every day not just for milk there's so much more to it yeah. that we don't oh, even know. know yet but they're they're looking at you as you're the inspiration you i mean mm-hmm. they are sensing your hard work I mean, I think that anyone that projects the negative, you should always remember that your children are totally sensing your hard work and your want and your need and desire for the building blocks. You are creating building blocks for your children. Mm-hmm. And anyone that projects anything negative onto that, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't have time for you. <laughs> Absolutely. But now, you, you know, talking about sensing and... um. Obviously, so I, I, I kind of like put my head back into work a couple of months ago now. And I work in a really different way because, you know, again, we don't have support. We don't have nursery. We don't have like, so I work during nap time. My babies have decided that now nap will be no longer than 45 minutes, <laughs> which is very, very short <laughs> in order to get anything done. Um, mm. But um, but so there is a lot of like figuring out and juggling and, you know, a lot of like organization and teamwork with Michael. And I'm also, you know, like grateful that there's this side of like it's challenging because we both run our businesses and we're self-employed, but also that allowed us to organize our time the way that we want and to to be able to sometimes to work in the evening and then he would look after the babies in the morning so I can record a podcast or you know he has especially with two it's not like okay take the baby I have an hour for myself is everyone gets a baby everyone (laughs) all hands on deck and and for the listener we are changing out now we are changing out (laughs) we've got Milo in the house welcome to Milo I'm Milo Um, he told you (laughs) Told you. It's okay. I, I am who I am. Milo, welcome <laughs> to the Busy Mumsy podcast. I hope you are as 
vocal as Felix. <laughs> you probably will. You just kind of will. like looking around and in two so, seconds you're going to start chatting. So, so um, well, you know what? It, you know what? It does take an army, but I think at the end of the day, when it does take, when, when it comes to raising a child that, you know, that, that, that center heartbeat of the partnership and yeah. what you and Michael have mm. is you, you are just, again, back to building blocks of setting the building yeah. blocks for Milo and Felix to just thrive. And at times mm -hmm. it's going to be like a struggle, but I, I mean, you have such a yeah. great head on your shoulders. You're just, you know, keeping on, keeping on. Now with your business, La Maison mm -hmm. Wellness, all about making, being mindful and making healthy cocktails, cocktails with zero alcohol or with very little, you mm -hmm. know, we could do a, you know, a nine hour podcast on alcohol <laughs> and the booming industry that it is. Right. I mean, in America, yeah. it's like over a hundred billion. I mean, it, it, it gives like something like 1.6% to the GDP, like bananas, yeah. like what it does is, is great for the economy, but what it can do to the person and mm oceans and everything that that's a whole other ball game you know postpartum is one thing and adding alcohol to it is just a whole other crazy banana oh gosh I can't even imagine right so I want to talk about and I would love for you to share about your business and what you are bringing to the glass if you will of knowledge mm -hmm. and what what you hope to bring with with La Maison Wellness um to the consumer so that they can perhaps flip the switch and, yeah. and, and try try an outlet that I think is becoming way more like of a, like get into that lifestyle. I, I, I don't mm. find it just trending and it's going to fall flat. I feel yeah. like it's keep on projecting up, up, up. So please. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's quite interesting because I have spent my entire career working in the spirits industry. So I work in bars, restaurants, I work for big spirits company. And there was a moment where, you know, I had this incredible job. I was a global ambassador traveling around the world for almost a decade, talking about the art of the aperitif. And as I was really trying to find my own balance and, um, you know, cope with like, probably drinking a bit too much because that was a big part of my job and um, traveling and being jet lag. And I really started to, to look into what I could do to find my balance on the physical, mental and emotional level. And that's when I started to practice meditation more. And that's when I started to practice yoga, to become more conscious of what I was eating and to, to really kind of like build the, the, the foundation of my well-being and to become more aware of it. And at some point, I was like, how is all of this becoming more, you know, common knowledge and really part of the big conversation for everyone? We see that wellness is, you know, becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more mainstream for, for everyone. And I was like, but how do we not put what we drink into the full picture of the well-being? You know, how is, you know, I, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to drink my green juice. I'm going to be more conscious of this and this and that. But then it's Friday night. I'll just go to the pub and I'll just drink a bottle of wine because that's what I do all the time. Or like, you know, when people were just not really 
aware and understanding and not and, and it wasn't just a resistance it was literally a lack of awareness and not like and that's what you, do. you get yeah, through that that's how we you go you go and then yeah. friday binge drinking you you mm -hmm. literally spiral into binge drinking but because that's also how we've been sold that you know socializing is going out and drinking and having fun and partying is you know, being drunk and being hangover the day after. And, and there's all this narrative around how, how we do it when actually I think it's really time that like we, we question and so, and that we bring more mindfulness, you know? And so as I was, I'm still really passionate about the drink industry and hospitality and I love creating cocktails. That's really like a passion and something that I've done for, for 15 years and that I, I hope to carry on doing and that I can't wait to, to teach about flavor and, and hosting and hospitality and sharing moments around food and drinks with my babies, you know, when they, as they grow up. And, and I think that like, for me, it was, that moment when I realized that it was we needed to bring mindfulness into the glass and we needed to add the way that we drink to the to the full picture of our well-being to really be able to empower ourselves to rewrite the story about socializing and going out and to do it in a way that was you know that will feel good I always say tasty doesn't have to be busy and it's time that we let our spirit shine instead of pouring spirit all over it and you know I think that like I always talk about great um about um epic night and early morning and I think for me it was about how can we make it better how can we talk about the glass half full you don't like that the glass half full instead of um of always looking at it in the way that like oh you have to um to cut down you have to oh i'm not going out because i'm not drinking well go out drink just don't drink alcohol there's loads of delicious cocktail and so i've really with the, the skills that i had as someone who creates cocktail i wanted to create delicious cocktails that we that will be either non-alcoholic or low alcohol made with more mindful ingredients and to really bring the conversation around how we could become more mindful drinkers that doesn't mean you know there's a there's a wide spectrum from sobriety to moderation and moderation is different for everyone but i wanted to empower people and to show them that they didn't have to compromise and they didn't have to let go of having fun and going out if they wanted to drink less alcohol and so when i launched the business you know it was it was a lot of uh, oh yeah that's great for like women that are expecting or mom that are breastfeeding or if you are the designated driver and all of that and so i've really made a point to not really like focus on on this category of uh, of people that were ultimately being more conscious about they were, what they were drinking because they weren't drinking alcohol and for a very long time I was always like you know you need to stop thinking that you're if you're a mindful drinker is because you're pregnant if you're a woman or that you have you know an a challenging relationship with alcohol if you're a man which is kind of like the stigma a little bit around that not that women don't have um challenging relationship with alcohol but often if you're a woman and you say oh, i'm not drinking tonight people will expect that you're pregnant and if you're a man it's a bit of it's a, the first ooh, thing that awkward. comes up it's like you actually yeah. you actually can't go to a dinner and in your head be like i i just i have a very busy day tomorrow i i need to be fresh i want to be on it yeah. i'm not going to drink at this dinner you get five or six well you're, you're not drinking well i mean mm -hmm. are, are, 
you're expecting, aren't you? Oh, I mean, it's just like the quick thing to go to, but why can't it just be, why can't we change that narrative and say, great, what do you want to drink? Do you want a Sprite? Do you want this? You're like, I mean, do, do you want a, a Bellini with, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> That's pretty easy. But what I'm getting at is like, you you can, going back to what yeah. you do, make a, have a cocktail made without the alcohol. And Absolutely. Why, why do we have to question it? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's about flavor. It's about enjoyment. It's about remembering your night and waking up the day after, as you said, feeling fresh, feeling like you have your energy, you have clarity, and and that is really empowering. And I think that's that's how we should consume and we should celebrate in 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 our society way more. And so I think it is changing. I think that actually COVID had um, an impact on that because at first. It was very much of, um, you know, people maybe going to the supermarket and stockpiling on toilet paper and and wine, but very quickly realized that drinking too much while they there was so much uncertainty in the world had a really negative impact on their mental health. And so I think we become more vocal about the impact of, you know, have not drinking um, mindfully and what it does to your mental health, not just to your physical, but also to your mental and emotional well-being. And so I think that it is really changing slowly because obviously alcohol has been part of society so long. And I think that what i am been really trying to do is to A, not tell people what to drink or not to drink, but to empower them to find the balance that works for them because you know your balance right now is probably different than my balance right now you know and so I think that it's not about shaming people from one extreme to another saying oh no you shouldn't drink alcohol at all it's bad for you but it's maybe for some for some people not drinking alcohol at all is the right balance or for you know a a certain amount of time at least to to be able to rediscover what it means to going out and how we can be ourselves without having this splash of dutch carriage you know but um but i think that it it's it's about people finding their own balance and it's about becoming more mindful and more aware and it's about knowing that you don't have to drink alcohol when you go out you don't have to socialize yeah you know ricky and i not too long ago went on a um quick trip to new york city i i I took him on a on a 36-hour date because we, I, I feel like incredible. We, yeah, we, we haven't we, we haven't done anything like sort of like spontaneous because we just we, we've had Adia, which is like the best gift ever, and we've done nothing but work, and we've done nothing but work, mm. work, work, and be the best parents we can. So I, I wanted to do this spontaneous. We went to New York, and in the thirty six hours, we we consumed way too much alcohol. We had fun. Mm. But let me tell you, we got back on that flight and I, we, we got on that flight and we're, we're not quite sure how <laughs> we oh, did. God. And um, we, we were, you know, we, we like to say that whispering angel is actually called whispering devil. And <laughs> we, we woke up on that flight back here in London and we were like, this is why we have we are adults and we just can't do that anymore we just can't just Mm. like hit that rosé bottle and all hands in the air and waving them like we just don't care we can't do it anymore we are there's too much responsibility Mm. and you're right we've had so much fun without the booze and you know while i was um you know expecting adia I, i i went down that lovely rabbit hole of all sorts of fun drinks that were not 
that, you know, that were mm-hmm. very, you know, had all of like the mixes and this, that, and the other, but they had no alcohol. And I was fabulous and fine with it. I didn't crave alcohol. I didn't want no. alcohol. Even after I had Adia, I mean, it was like, let's pop the champagne. I wasn't there. I was like, no, I'm just all hands on deck with her. And it was not a priority. And I find mm-hmm. that it shifted my, my relationship with alcohol. Whereas like, if I reflect back on my twenties, especially who didn't like that girl, but that girl had a lot of people are like, well, I didn't really like myself in my twenties. Anyways, I, I don't want to go back there for the simple fact of like, I I did stupid things because of alcohol. And yeah, you know, I think we all did to be be honest. And I'm not, trust me, I'm not going to sit and beat myself up over it. It's all learning. Right. And it's all Mm -hmm. growing. And, I can completely reflect back on it, have a laugh, have a giggle, and then also be like, eh, I'm glad I'm not that person. And yeah. so like my relationship with alcohol, I think is always going to evolve, but like, mm-hmm. I'm very well aware of, I should not binge drink. I like, yeah. oh, I went five days. Now I can drink that full bottle. Like I, I'm way more aware of it, but I think it's also because of what you're doing and what you're putting mm. out there that m- makes it socially acceptable that I don't have to have a alcoholic drink. Yeah. And I think there's, I mean, there's so much into that. The good news is younger generation drink less. <laughs> so right. hopefully they, they will, they will not be as stupid as we were. Um, and binge drinking is actually really, really, way worse for your body because there's so little education around alcohol and what it does to the body. But, you know, one thing that is important to understand and remember is your body cannot process more than one unit of alcohol per hour. That's like one unit of alcohol is a small glass of wine. It's a low alcohol cocktail with no more than like one ounce of alcohol of spirits. So like we, we just don't know how to consume alcohol. And I think that like, if you have a, you know, a really good balance and once in the world, you have a glass of like natural wine, a cocktail that you sip mindfully while you drink water and eat food and have a glorious evening with your friend, wake up the day after feeling great. That's, there's nothing wrong about that. I think that like, it's about, understanding why we drink and knowing that like if the answer is because you want to celebrate and you feel great and actually you really want to try this cocktail and you're out and you're in this beautiful restaurant and you want to try this glass of wine then that's fantastic go ahead and do it but if you're doing it because you're trying to escape your reality because you're using it as a crutch because it's an unhealthy coping mechanism then I think that like you need to dig deeper and actually as much as like for me mindful drinking is an incredible tool and the missing piece for a lot of people on on living well you know and really thriving um in their well-being I also think that it's a really empowering journey of like digging deeper, understanding your coping mechanism, understanding why you drink and how you drink, and then finding your balance. And I find that really empowering. I think that like it's, you know, for me, it really allowed me to be myself and go out and not feel like that I needed to 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 be that person that was like drinking a lot and partying until super late and being really, really loud. Now I'm just sometimes loud and some, sometimes not, and that's okay, you know? <laughs> 
I'm pretty loud too. So, but uh, I don't need alcohol for that. And some evening I just want to chill and that's also great. But I think really what, what I see also a second phase of, um, of my journey as someone who's, you know, running a business, but ultimately my business is to inspire people to become aware of their drinking habits and feel like that there's plenty of things that they can drink so they don't have to give up on that beautiful celebration and ritual. Because I always have a bottle of alcohol-free sparkling wine in the fridge. And I love to have a glass of something at the end of the day. You know, for me, it's my moment when I sit down, we cook with Michael, or we like you, we finally put the babies to bed and we can just relax. And I love to have a glass of something. Either it's a alcohol-free wine, a glass of alcohol-free sparkling wine, or if I, you know, have a bit more more time. For example, Michael loves um a vibrante spritz, which is like an alcohol-free sort of like alternative to Campari or Aperol. Um, so like a bitter. And so very like three times a week, at least I will make him um, a, an alcohol-free spritz and we sit down together and we we have that moment when we can chat, we can connect. And I think that's beautiful. We shouldn't we shouldn't get rid of that ritual. That's a, that's a great way to connect. That's for us as a couple, a great way to have a moment together and to feel like that this is our time together when the rest of the day is usually chaos with babies and us trying, trying to do some work. So I think that we just need to to change what we're drinking. And so I, the way that like I, I look at it is instead of trying to cut out alcohol to bring in alcohol-free option, because then you will realize that ultimately you're drinking less alcohol, but most importantly, you find option that you truly enjoy. And so that's why I run The Well, which is La Maison Wellness Mindful um, cocktail bar, which is a pop-up that I do at like loads of different places. I'm doing Carfest South in a couple of weeks. I did Carfest North. We did Balance this year. So for me, it's about introducing people to alternative. And the reaction is always like, oh my God, it's delicious. But that new phase that I'm excited about is actually supporting moms and parents because as someone who's been a mindful drinker for years now, and I've very much been on that journey, a, I was really happy that I was already a mindful drinker when I found that I was expecting because I never felt like that I was, you know, left out or I didn't know what to drink or that I didn't know, it, like, I didn't have anything when I was going out and it was boring. I, I didn't feel like that there was this separation. And, for example, my sister, like, she she just, she's about to have her, her second um, little boy and she was saying to me when she found out she was pregnant for her second one, she was like, oh, God, like, you know, everyone's going to know that I'm pregnant because I'm always drinking when we go out with my friend. And how am I going to have? And I was there one night when people didn't know. And I had to, we had to pretend that she was drinking. And so we're like swapping glasses. And I kept on like making alcohol-free cocktail and making her some. And everyone were like, why are you drinking this? And she was like, oh, you know, it's my sister's cocktail. I want to try them. And. I found that exhausting and so complicated. I was just like, just drink alcohol-free options. And for, for me, no one questioned it because I was already drinking loads of alcohol-free options. And so, and I knew what to drink and I enjoy. And so for that, I really appreciate it. And for some of my friends that were, you know, drinking 
maybe more like my sister, there's also your body when you find out that you're pregnant. I mean, first trimester for not everyone, but for a lot of women, it's a bit challenging. You know, you, you, you're exhausted. Maybe you, you're feeling nauseous. Maybe you have headaches like I had. Like it's a lot for your body to adapt and adjust to. And if on the top of that, there is the, your body detoxing, you know, through right. not drinking alcohol, that's also really intense for your body. Right. That good old cuppa, I, 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 yeah. I discovered that Cammy is a tea drinker, but I am a full-blown kickball change coffee drinker, always coffee infused, but that detox of just that caffeine out of your body in that first trimester, woo! You probably got migraines from it, like headaches oh, I, at I the was, beginning. I was yeah. absolutely with it. I mean, that, that actually was, I had no nausea. I, you know, uh, of course had to ask the doctor, well, I... We were just at the time we had just been I was in New York for a wedding and I came back and knew something was up and I had a couple tequilas over that weekend and some champagne. But did, like I went I left the wedding early. I just like really just wanted to go to bed. So when I came back to London and I was like something's up in that taste of pennies of like that copper taste <laughs> in the mouth. And it was like you're just jet lagged. You're fine. And he left. And he had to go do some work. And I was like, something's up. I'm going to Boots. I'm getting myself a pregnancy test. And mm. I, I, after the eighth pregnancy test, all positive, I was like, oh, my Lanta, this is bananas and wonderful. And now I feel guilty that I've had tequila and champagne over the weekend. So then you immediately go to your doctor and you're mm. like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, listen, you're, and unless you are drinking a fifth of vodka a day, you're not going to cause harm yeah. to your growing baby. But now, now you need to like pump the brakes and obviously be yeah. more mindful. Um, so it's, yeah, it's I mean, quite, it's quite interesting ahead. because I had um, similar, but quite, but quite different. I knew I was pregnant from week one. It was insane. Oh, wow. I just knew it. I just, I was like, I, I and I remember saying to Michael, Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And he was like, no. And literally, we just had the conversation on we, maybe we, this is a good time for us to start a family. And then, like three weeks later, I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And he was like, no, it's just because we had this conversation. It's probably on your mind. And so I did so many pregnancy tests that were all negative because it was too early. It was way too early. But I just felt yeah, it from like... I was three plus weeks then to discover yes. I was like, when we went in, I was like, thir it looked like I was like 13, 14. Yeah. I was, so for I, I was in it. <laughs> That's so good. And so for, for us, we, so I had that, I did a pregnancy test and it was negative. And I was like, I just feel it. I feel like I'm pregnant. I, I just, I just know it. And we had this weekend in Barcelona. And so it was probably two weeks pregnant. And I was like, Obviously, everything was negative, so I wasn't sure 100%, but I kind of had the feeling. And I was like, I'm going to eat some, like, beautiful seafood in this tiny little town that we were in. I had a glass of wine because I was like, well, I'm just going to enjoy my weekend <laughs> before just because I had a feeling, but I wasn't sure. And everything was telling me that it was negative. So I was like, maybe it's just in my head. So I was like, I'm just going to have, I had a little bit of like ham and like things that like normally I don't even eat just because I was like, well, 
I'm just going to enjoy it mindfully a little bit. I mean, I had a small glass of wine, a little bit of seafood, but it was quite funny because it was almost like, I know I'm not going to be able to enjoy that for nine months. So I'm just going to have it mindfully in moderation, just because right now I'm probably one week pregnant and it won't do anything. And so I'd say the same thing when we came back, um, I waited a week, then did a test and it was positive. And when you see the doctor and I was like, so um, 10 days ago, I was in Spain and I ate a little bit of this. And the doctor was like, yeah, 10 days ago, it was like four cells. Like there's there's nothing like to worry about. I was like, oh, well, I had a great weekend. (laughs) Yeah, great. There's no sort of remorse for that. So all good, all good. Now that you are three and a half months as a very, very busy mumsy, a very, very inspiring busy mumsy, what have you learned now that you would like to pass the torch to an expecting mumsy of whether it be Mm. just as a mom or as a mom who is striving and thriving and surviving with your business? What would you like to pass the torch and give that advice? Oh, I feel like it's still so raw. Um, I don't know, you know, like I feel like well, I'm very much like it is oh, every day. Yeah. I'm like, huh, what, huh, what? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, the babies are four months, and it's been a journey. And I look back now at like the first few weeks, and I'm like, oh wow, we're such in a in a different place. And so I think that one thing that I would say is. My mentor is this is just a phase, it will pass. Like things that are challenging moments were like, you know, you're trying to breastfeed and it's, you know, it's challenging or like right now they're like in their four month sleep regression. Like you, I don't know if you could see, but like it's really hard to breastfeed them at the moment because. I mean, I'm wearing a dress that for them is probably the most entertaining things that they've seen because they just look at my dress, be like, oh my God, it's so colorful. There's so many things, but they, I, I literally try to feed them. And then all they do is unlatch, look at me, crack a smile, look around. They're like there's just so much, they're, they're just so distracted at the moment. Um, but it's also beautiful, you know? And so it's challenging because we had, you know, we woke up, we did five feed last night which that hasn't happened since they were like tiny newborn but it's just because you know it's just a phase at the moment they distracted so they don't really eat during the day it's really hard to feed them and so they wake up at night and and there's I woke up this morning and I was questioning if I should start drinking coffee (laughs) um and it was just a bit hard we went for work everyone needed fresh air and then I just remind myself that this is just a phase and it will pass you know and and from all the challenges in the moment when you're exhausted and it's tough and just look at my babies and they're just so beautiful and you know look at us with like their eyes that are just so full of like love and hope and energy and they just you know they melt my heart and and uh, and I forget about the night that we had before <laughs> so I think that it's you know one day at the time, like actually when one of the, one of, of the greatest advice that I was given and especially having to was don't even try to do like one day at the time is like one moment at the time. This morning was challenging, but this afternoon might be great. You know, not even be like today was crap. It's kind of like sectioning, like doing little like 
parcel of times. So it's not because the morning didn't go to plan that the afternoon will be the same. And so for me is I, the moment where I feel really challenged, I always try to pose and breathe like moments where, you know, they, they, I try to put two babies to bed at the same time and they both want me to hold them. And I and they are now 15 pounds. And <laughs> it's really hard. Oh, <laughs> um, a busy mumsy warrior. And I think that like, you know, really like th- that same, like having the awareness, feeling like, okay, I'm feeling really triggered right now. I'm just going to put and breathe. Or I'm just going to say, Michael, here go can we switch babies because right now it's just I'm, I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed I just need to to breathe or like we ju- just like understanding that like it is challenging you are sleep deprived you are still full of hormones still like going through so much that and and also as a mom I feel like that we don't have that much space to recover after birth or or and definitely I mean with one or two but definitely with two I mean I was I kept on thinking just because I ended up having a c-section with that with my babies and I was like I just had a major abdominal surgery and I just don't even have time to recover because right now the focus has shifted and I and I'm taking care of two humans you know and so I think that like being kind going slow knowing that you don't have to rush anything that you do one day at the time and that if this morning didn't go well, that doesn't mean that the afternoon or the evening wouldn't to not project to be aware of your energy. I'm really, really aware of my energy with my babies. And actually, the moments where I try to like do too many things, I'm like trying to send that email while the babies are like there and I'm trying to do everything. That's when I find it the most challenging. And so now I have the things where when I'm with the babies, I'm with the babies. And when I work, I just work. And I try to really be fully present in what I do. And if that means that like, I'm going to have one hour of work and then two hours with the babies and then one hour of work. And then I'm going to say, Hey, Michael, can you just like take care of the babies for an hour after I feed them so I can work, you know, maybe two hours with the nap. And I just organize it that way because I feel like that. Sometime trying to juggle everything and to divide your attention is, I find not especially fair for my babies because they can feel it. I get overwhelmed and frustrated and it just doesn't work as well. You yeah. Know? That, so the time and the grace goes an absolute long mm, way, not only for the yeah. kids, but for you as well. Yeah. Well, Cammie, thank you so, so much for coming on to the Busy Mumsy podcast. You are an absolute dreamboat and an inspiration for sure. And for the listeners, um, definitely go to the show notes because all of the information for La Maison Wellness is there. And if you have questions for Cami, head to her Instagram. Her link is there as well because knowledge is power. And it, mm. I can't say that enough. And I say it a lot on the podcast that it, it just truly is. And questions and the things that you want to learn to strive and thrive in your life as a busy mumsy is so important. So um, I always want to be here to give the tools and Cami has the tools for this. So slide Amazing. on. In. Yeah, absolutely. Good questions, right? <laughs> Reach out any recommendation. And I generally believe that becoming a mindful drinker and again, finding the balance that that resonate with a, with each and every of us, but incorporating alcohol-free options so you don't have to wake up 
feeling like you've got, I don't know, the world on the top of your shoulder, you know, and I just feel like that it is challenging enough. You know, we, we try to do our best as parents. We try to do our best with our, with our business. And if on the top of that, we had, we add things to our body that makes it harder, our body having to, to detox the alcohol to cope with hangover and and all of that it just makes it harder and that's not what we need we definitely don't need to make it harder so any any question always reach out I feel like we we could talk for hours and we can't you have I think you're I think you're on your way to Dublin so um have a beautiful trip and thank you so much Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.